0: single tree podcast episode 37 last episode 36 we talked about death a lot and this time we're going to continue talking about it but maybe in some different ways mm-hmm. the way it shows up in our lives and we tend to like we were saying last time avoid the things that resemble death or little deaths things that are painful our traumas. Um, we even avoid the things within ourselves which we associate it with, associate with death, like the darkness within us, or bad. Yes, and yeah, we try to stay away from those things, not think about them, and you know, many of us operate from this mentality that we're supposed to have a pain-free existence, and that the goal of life is to eliminate those things or subdue them, uh, or even just get rid of them. And that may not be how to move toward a healthy existence or a whole existence. And so today we're going to talk about something a little different, maybe changing the Paradigm that we have about just what it means to have a full life. So, how are you doing, Brandon? I'm good. You're good. I'm good today. Good to hear.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to talk more about these things. I think we're on a good trajectory. Good. I like, I could talk about these things forever, though. So,
0: (laughs) I know. I enjoy it. Good. And I like it. So, welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, feel free to, yeah, just give some comments if you're if there's something that you have a question about or just something that comes to mind for you as you're listening. We'd love to hear from you. And you can find the Single Tree Podcast on Facebook or on SoundCloud, which is where it's housed. And yeah, it'd be good to hear from you. So. Anyway as I was saying we tend to avoid uh, many of the things that make our lives painful many of the things that create anxiety and depression for us um, kind of with this mentality if we can stop thinking about them or eliminate their them and our and their effects on our lives from our lives then that we can be happy, Mm. which may not be true at all. And the way that we know that is that even though we try to subdue these things or eliminate their effects on our lives, they continue to show up. For example, uh, when people are um, post-traumatic, when they've gone through something difficult, uh, they tend to... uh, reenact those traumas in different ways they bring them up in different ways in, in their lives um, they kind of bubble to the surface or they end up kind of acting them out on other people um, the other way it comes up these things come up is um, when we return to like shameful behaviors um, unwanted behaviors without you know any particular reason to do that there's some behaviors that we engage in that are pretty unexplainable um that come about without like a conscious desire for those to be there and so there are these different ways that like these things bubble to the surface and become a part of our lives when we don't don't want them to would you say how
1: much of that do you think is going on that we're not even consciously aware of.
0: Yeah, I think it's going on all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of like trauma, um, I think trauma in a way li- kind of lives in our nervous system, in a way, or it kind of lives in our body. And uh, <laughs> we can be acting out sort of like uh, anxious behaviors or, you know, responses to traumas without ever having any knowledge that that's what we're doing if we're not aware yeah it reminds me of
1: you know this word anxiety that we all are familiar with and you know all of us have some degree of awareness of of anxiety in our lives or, or how it plays out um, which we're all trying to mitigate some way or another and I think that you know having that awareness of anxiety is 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 good and can be a good thing but sometimes I think it can hurt us because it stops us from Going deeper than than the anxiety, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We see as it, we see this anxiety as something that's unpleasant that we try to mitigate, instead of using it as an opportunity or an entry point into something
0: deeper. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, you know. So that you're saying that the experience of anxiety sort of keeps you protects you from experiencing something deeper, which is The Trauma or pain? Well, I don't know if that's it's if that's what it's trying to do
1: But I I think the anxiety is letting us know something is going on Mm -hmm. but typically If we're just feeling that anxiety and we say oh I'm anxious I need to do this thing then we stop ourselves from having any insight into What we may be anxious about, we're just responding to mm-hmm. anxiety. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So the anxiety sort of like drives you to do something to
1: neutralize it. Yeah, it's like an alarm. You know, I I say this often. I I think it's, I think it's kind of like an alarm, like a fire alarm going off, right? It, it's letting us know to kind of pay attention, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what alarms are for. Mm-hmm. Wake up, pay attention, you know. Like, typically, we have this response to anxiety where we we feel it and then we get really good at doing things to make the anxiety go away. Mm-hmm. But that just... It Miss, misses the point. Yeah, it, it misses the point and keeps us from going deeper, which I think goes back to your point, it, you know, when we're talking about avoidance and, you know, the need of trying to find a new paradigm of, of dealing with things that are essentially unpleasant, right? If every time we feel anxiety, we have these go-to things that we do to make the anxiety go away. How do we grow our container or our capacity t- to even start to approach these unpleasant things, mm-hmm. you know?
0: So you're talking about the things that we do to neutralize anxiety or get rid of it or, like, compulsive behaviors? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Um, anything that you do that's sort of compulsive, compulsive being, like, Kind of driven to do something unconsciously not really uh, not really you know consciously intending to do it but mm-hmm. it is uh, maybe subconsciously or or um, just sort of like unconsciously seeking to get rid of the anxiety because it's unpleasant sure okay and so if that's happening if you're experiencing some anxiety, then there's probably something deeper there.
1: I mean that's been my experience.
0: <laughs> you know
1: like something something's going on on, on a deeper level that needs
0: <clears throat> some attention. Uh-huh. are those traumas? I mean oftentimes
1: they can be right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any sort of pain or trauma or something that we respond to with some kind of like nervous system activation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Something that needs to be addressed. Yeah. And you're saying instead of instead of just seeking to get rid of that that anxiety and come back to, you know, sort of de escalate and that it might be more helpful to like exist in the anxiety uh,
1: well i would i would say you know the hope is that we could learn to kind of change our relationship with the experience of anxiety and understand that for really what it is instead of being scared of it all the time or running from it or not liking it as you know and understanding and as something that is, a, is a, a important And essential to our Evolving You mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Our individual evolving Or our collective evolving Yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: Is that if we can change our relationship With it and maybe hopefully and, You know this is Obviously I'm not saying that this is Easy you know what I mean but That we can learn to maybe be curious about it and follow it deeper into something else that you know may be going on inside that we have an opportunity to mm-hmm.
0: to reckon with so let's just talk about what's happening when you have an when you enter into an anxious state um typically you know your nervous system is being activated and sort of priming you for. Uh, avoiding threat or fighting against a threat, um, the fight or flight response is when our nervous system is activated, and that in itself is what we experience as anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, your body is, you know, dumping certain chemicals that get you activated and ready to defend yourself or to escape, and there's so there's this buildup of energy that that happens which we you know experience as what we call anxiety tends to we tend to think of it as pathological but it's actually a normal biological thing that happens in all um, animals including, including humans um, and those cycles of activation and deactivation are happening happening all the time anytime we experience any sort of Stimulus, really. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps it's important to get curious, like you're saying, about uh, what is activating us. Yeah. Or,
1: you know, seeing the value and in, in, in maybe opening up to something that feels unpleasant, right? Because... If we talk about the function of anxiety, which is almost to kind of let you know something is happening, right? Or, or just a, it's, it's supposed to have kind of a feeling that will agitate you, mm-hmm. you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be that way. Otherwise, we wouldn't pay attention, mm-hmm. you know? But we just have this really fundamental i think misunderstanding and and avoidance of that sensation is that yeah. we, we've been so taught that, that that it's that it's wrong that it's bad that it shouldn't happen yeah you know that it's unnatural yeah yeah and what you're saying is that it's natural
0: yeah what i'm discovering is you know is kind of having this conceptualization of you know, the nervous system being activated when there's threat or any, you know, it may not even be a threat. I I think it's true that, you know, we're, when we're in social situations, you know, we we are activated. Um, not because there's there's a threat, though, if you have some sort of social anxiety, then it can feel any social situation or being being around people can feel like a threat. Um, but. You know, realizing that when that experience of nervous system activation is happening, it's just like getting you ready for something, right? And so, and that it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah. and it's okay for that to be happening. You know, um, it doesn't mean anything about you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Aside from the fact that you have a ner- nervous system and it's doing its job.
0: Yeah. So as I started just to see it as activation, like. You know, if there's something agitating like that 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 comes up and um, you get a little nervous, you know, it's just like your body's just like getting you ready for something, and mm-hmm. and so like it's it's a lot easier to see it as positive. So, I mean, often what happens is we have that agitation, you know, which we see as anxiety, and instantly think it's bad, mm-hmm. like like you're saying. Um, well, because it and that. I don't I don't know about
1: this, it's just occurred to me, but it's like this anxiety, right, is <clears throat> it's coming up, this agitation. And I I wonder and that agitation inherently feels chaotic, right? Our, yeah, if you don't know what's happening. Yeah, and our natural response to to chaos is is to try to organize it.
0: <laughs> How do we try to do that? How do we try to organize? Well, I mean, like you know, you get were control talk- of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Look, what you were talking earlier is you know through the compulsive behaviors or or whatever, but it's the, I think that may be why we have such a difficult time with with the anxiety is that inherently it's it creates agitation or a sense of chaos Mm -hmm. and then there's this response to try to organize or to try to control it Mm -hmm. and that's that's the like that's kind of the fundamental almost unconscious response right which shapes our paradigm but if Mm -hmm. we can learn to kind of slow that down a little bit Mm-hmm. And not be so quick to organize or control that maybe little sense of chaos. Then we have our opportunity to be a little bit more flexible and creative. Mm-hmm.
0: I think a lot of times what we're trying to control is our own responses. Um, you know, we we get we get activated, and then we have this thought: "I'm not supposed to." Feeling this way, or this shouldn't bother me so much, or this shouldn't be so difficult, or it shouldn't, you know, get such a response within me. And so, we're trying to sort of dampen down our own activation, which is not good. So, from this somatic experiencing approach that we're fond of, um, the activation needs to happen. You know, anytime we're activated, we're kind of the fight or flight response is active, and it just you know, they would say it just needs to complete. So we just need to be able to, like, carry out whatever kind of the defending ourselves or, you know, getting away from threat um, would like us to do. And then when we've done that, um, you know, it's sort of like the anxiety is discharged. So, um, you know, the fight response... um, in a given situation like in a social situation might be just sort of meeting the challenge more than like actually becoming aggressive Um, but you know it's sort of like this lower level aggression like for instance in a social situation just being able to be yourself and be honest might be like a healthy appropriate form of aggression Mm. Um, and so if we're able to sort of allow the anxiety to activate us and push our performance up to where we can meet those challenges of a social situation then that's a good example I really like that there's no there's no need for um, the anxiety to sort of like stick around but when we when we sort of try to we wonder what's going on in that activation and think it shouldn't be happening then we sort of again dampen it down and then we end up the, the sort of uh, fight or flight thing doesn't complete itself, and then we go on in anxiety, and and don't discharge that energy, so um, it sticks around. You know, the anxiety kind of sticks around. So, and that's happening all the time. If you imagine yourself like all day long, you're getting activated, and never like using up that energy, then you're going to be anxious like all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. You know, I yeah. think that that's good like
1: you know I know that in me you know my own experience in working with anxiety and changing my relationship it was with it it really helped me to understand it I, from a perspective that it's that it's energy that that that, that is it's <laughs> it's energy and what that helped me do was start to kind of deconstruct all these concepts around what i thought anxiety was and what it meant and you know like what it meant about me and that was a really helpful way for me to start kind of shedding those unhelpful kind of concepts because those concepts would strengthen my response to the anxiety mm-hmm. you know but so much of this i think is just having a proper understanding about what it, what is what it really is mm-hmm. and what it isn't so we and can be clear
0: yeah yeah i think uh, you know our our bodies responses to threat and even in the case of trauma these are biological things you know the way our bodies are really designed to handle threats, you know, or, or challenges even at a lower level. Um, and they're all normal. We tend to think as tra of trauma as bad. Um, and, you know, I guess to explain that a little bit trauma, a little bit better, you know, when there's, um, a traumatic situation where that you can't, you know, the fight or flight thing doesn't work or you're unable to escape or like defend yourself, then, you enter a different state which is um, the freeze response which is immobility Um, and depending on kind of how that happens uh, you might develop some post-traumatic reactions that are um, not very helpful but really like entering the freeze response and dissociating is is actually a helpful thing that your body does to um, help you Um, protect yourself from, you know, feeling something that's uh, extremely painful or, um, horrifying. And, and so, but, you know, our our bodies are actually built to be able to go through those traumatic experiences and come out on the other side, you know, adapting to those situations. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, in the case of post-traumatic stress, you know, um, there's some anxiety that's developed that is kind of left over from those experiences. But I think it's important to note that not every time something dangerous happens or we're threatened, our lives are threatened, that we develop post-traumatic symptoms. Sometimes we're able to navigate those in a way that we adapt and move forward and there's no ill effects that's you know, it becomes like PTSD. Um, but, you know, all that to say, um, those traumas are not even things that have to um, define or, you know, affect the rest of our lives in a really negative way. And, you know, part of our work is to help people um, to renegotiate those traumas so that they can uh stop sort of um being things in our lives that we have to be afraid of you know or live in um you know yeah just live in fear of i think if we can sort of understand what's happening in our nervous system in the present um we can even encounter those things that we tend to think of as too horrific or things that we just need to forget about or avoid um, and sort of assimilate assimilate them into our lives in a way that I guess they no longer kind of have so much power.
1: Yeah, like just become recontextualized. It's not about making things I find myself talking a lot about, you know, trying to kind of suspend the urge to make something go away or to not be there, but trying to find healthy ways to recontextualize it.
0: Do you want to talk about how we try to help people do that? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. What?
1: What are some examples of of how you do that, or where your thinking lies?
0: Yeah, I think I think a big part of it is just um, bringing ourselves back to the present, and being really present in our body and having good body awareness, um, because you know if these. Traumas that we've experienced really live in our body or in our nervous system. Then they're actually, you know, we're we're responding to our environment, um, you know, based on what's happened to us in the past, and I guess our body kind of remembers those things. And so, um, bringing people back to the present moment is a great way to help them, like, actually discover some of those things that maybe they need to be able to encounter in a different way and recontextualize. Um, And, you know, you'll, you'll find as you try to become really present to the moment, to your kind of what's happening in your own body and also, like, in the environment around you, that these things will just come up. Mm. These anxieties are these sort of leftover things. And so if we can kind of practice being, practice awareness um, of the outer environment and awareness of our inner experience, then those things will come to the surface. And so
1: how... What kind of implications does that have for just <clears throat> our own individual growth and evolution when we're when you're talking about the unpleasant things like pain, hurt, sadness, destruction, death, how how does what you're talking about help us? approach those things
0: yeah I guess it just it just kind of um, there's there's nothing like so scary about those things anymore Um, for one and I think you know realizing that there's kind of overcoming or like resolving or renegotiating some of those things means we no longer have to separate those things out we no longer have to avoid them. Um, we just, in a way, are able to, you know, bring bring them into our lives for, you know, and have a, a, a fuller experience of both sides of life, I guess, and uh, which is really helpful. You know, we live these kind of fragmented experiences where we're, busy trying to avoid all of the things that are anxiety producing and like just be happy mm-hmm. but again those things keep coming up whether we like it or not and, and you know we have no way of resolving them if we're not able to like pay attention to them and, and uh, so at least one benefit then is
1: it allows us to maybe open up more to a more whole experience or being of. yeah
0: both both sides of life life and death or both sides of existence I guess life and death so there are these certain experiences that I've had in my life that are sort of like the only way I can describe them is really like just kind of really mixed experiences like I think of the birth of our first child um you know, and if you've ever been like near a birth or someone who's given birth, you know that it's kind of a traumatic experience. Um, but from it comes life, right? So it's this positive thing and also like painful and really difficult and the you know, the labor and delivery that um my wife went through with our first child was like so traumatic mm. and like our child, we didn't know if she was going to make it. And, you know, she wasn't getting oxygen and all this stuff. And, and, uh, so it's like the best worst day of my life. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's a good example. And it's really the, that's really the only way to explain it. You know, it's just to say that it's, um, just a mixed experience or, you know, a lot of the things that we that happen in our lives that are like milestones or like really big moments can tend to be, um, both. And, you know, we, sometimes we say, you know, like, well, we try to, you know, make it have a silver lining or or something, you know, that there's something bad happened, but also like, here's the good part of it. And I don't know if I would say it even that way. I would just say like, it's, it's kind of both life and death kind of are happening all the time you know and so and they support one
1: another almost yeah
0: yeah i think so compliment each other yeah
1: it's a strange Mm -hmm. thing to think about but seems seems true
0: yeah another another one is we're getting ready to move i know you moved recently and uh told my wife yesterday, I was like, I think this is going to be really traumatic, (laughs) you know, like, I think it's a a good decision for us and it's the right decision. I guess it's exciting and stuff like that. But then it's like this huge change that's going to be, you know, like it's going to be as sad as it is happy, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that was a weird
1: experience for myself in in moving because I I think I was so ready Uh to transition and I was thinking of all of the good things and uh, you know in those first couple weeks I was definitely swimming in all of those good things but I couldn't help but notice this there was just much more Tension and anxiety in my body, yeah, um, that was going on that to- totally surprised me, which it really shouldn't have, but it did. And then I found myself, you know, to kind of organize that tension and that that anxiety. I was um, like. like I was cleaning a lot and, you know, <laughs> making sure certain things were right. And it you know, and, you know, it took me a couple of days to kind of figure out like, oh, this is just kind of my way of like organizing all of this anxiety. And, you know, w- w- when I was able to kind of do that, I was able to, and not make it a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Because out of my awareness, you know, I, okay. The, there's this anxiety and this tension and it's driving me to want to do and to to organize things which isn't a bad thing until it is, right? (laughs) But I was able to kind of be aware of that and just let, let it move me in some good ways. Whereas if I was unconscious of it, I mean, that organizing kind of behavior could have just gone on unchecked, you know? Mm -hmm. so it's just a really interesting experience that you know
0: yeah or I've had people die in the last few years and you know like terrible thing to have happen right but also sort of like a normal part of life that all of us go through um And so, like, there's this experience that I had of, like, obviously wishing that it hadn't happened. But also, like, being really okay with the fact that it has happened. And it's, like, I wouldn't want it to be different in some way. Mm -hmm. Or, like, also the fact that this was maybe one of the hardest things that I've been through. And also one of the most meaningful. And so, like... Again, it's just this mixed experience that he can't really say it was good or it was bad. I would just say like, yeah, it happened, you know? And so, or there's this experience of like when someone dies, like in some ways they become more real or something like even their presence in my own life or in my own heart. And so really like a terrible thing to have happened, but in some ways, a really rich, meaningful thing that happened at the same time, which is so it, strange, it, it can
1: illuminate those situations that have that mix, right, mm-hmm. of the difficult and and the the good, illuminate something. It seems like,
0: yeah, I'm not even sure what. <laughs> But I do think the practice of just like being present to your experience in this moment of everything, I think, is the goal. You know, um, like you were talking about with moving and feeling this like agitation and like forget what words you use, but um, you know, not thinking not thinking of that as bad, but just sort of like being present to the experience and so I think if that's if we can do that then yeah there's there's not like good and bad so much as there's just like life you know like this is life and it feels good to be like open to it I think is what I'm learning
1: mm-hmm. yeah um, and the presence piece is is really important you know if i wasn't able to be present to that anxiety i wouldn't have been able to acknowledge it and have any kind of insight as to what effects it was having or how you know i was trying to organize it but out of that presence i was able to acknowledge it and and use it use it in some in some good ways use it for my own good Mm It's like transmuting it or something. What's that mean? It's like taking something that may be seemingly unpleasant, like the experience of anxiety, and using that energy um, in a way that can benefit you. You know.
0: yeah it's just nervous system activation yeah letting letting
1: that energy move consciously mm-hmm. right and directing it in 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 ways that that's that
0: serve you uh-huh. yeah to meet the challenge mm-hmm. or you know like if you're moving and you feel agitated just knowing that like change change is happening you know and your body is like readjusting to like your new surroundings or or your new normal or whatever right yeah I mean I I'm I
1: did not expect that that experience to to have the kind of effect that it did of course I haven't moved in 20 years you know but, <laughs> you know yeah but it was you know it was it was I think it was a good thing for me to go through and learn for sure.
0: Now you live in the country, right? And not in the city. No. Is it okay for me to tell people that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't think they'll be able to find you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's your nervous system is different now, too. It is. Yeah. Being it, in the city and then moving to the country as it were. Yeah,
1: that expansiveness and the quiet and the, you know, stillness. I, I, you know, you can feel it working on your nervous system. My sleep has been affected. Um, You know, it's been really interesting to just kind of observe how my nervous system is being influenced and acclimating to this Environment—it's just an interesting learning experience. Whereas, you know, we don't have an opportunity to observe and learn this stuff if we have an an, an orientation of <clears throat> of resistance. You know, we can't we can't learn we 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 can't learn if we're resisting these fundamental kind of biological phenomenon you know and we have to learn individually and collectively so we can move you know and grow and and evolve the learning is is imperative and that's only through paying attention Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah people don't believe in their own capacity for encountering suffering or you know what how they can navigate through traumatic experiences or and so and so you know we have to just get rid of them or not think about them or Mm. neutralize them or whatever um so
1: so it's like giving yourself a chance like consciously giving yourself a chance yeah to see if you can yeah little
0: by little it can be any kind
1: of experience
0: yeah and sometimes you need a little help i think you know it's helpful to have someone who can sort of like let you know what's happening in that process and like guide you through it a little bit and let you know what's happening to your nervous sure, system of course. and obviously you know when when you've had um multiple complex like traumatic experiences uh, we don't do that all at once you know we kind of um, work on a little bit at a time and so you know as you try to become become aware and and you know come back to the present and start to feel some of these things and that activation that's happening in your in your body um, you might want a little help to do that so there's therapists out there that can help you um, figure out how to do that in a way where it's not too overwhelming all at once but um, yeah it's a, it's a growth thing you know to realize that you can encounter some of these things that are horrific or you know dangerous or um, threatening you know and be able to learn what your how your body responds to that but but your body basically has everything it needs to mm. be able to like get you through that you might not like that experience very much but it all depends on how you the meaning that you give to it right that's for
1: sure that's a huge piece of it you know
0: it's a huge
1: piece it has a lot to do with our social and individual programming about these basic fundamental experiences you know and we have to start maybe working to kind of undo those a little bit that's why I think these conversations on the nervous system and trauma and just basic experiences like anxiety are so important right now on a wider scale because it's helping us individually and collectively start to kind of consider our own programming around what we've been taught around that and um gives us an opportunity to start considering different paradigms um
0: that can maybe help us better
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: but it's just nervous system activation you know that's all it is <laughs> you're being activated by your environment or by, or by whatever is happening to you or around you um but we yeah we give it these different meanings we think that it's bad mhm or that it shouldn't be freaking out yeah or overreacting you know they're all they're all
1: responses to control or to organize a felt sense of chaos <laughs>
0: But your body knows exactly what to do with those. Sometimes we just need a little help to like reactivate. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) That and, uh, yeah, complete those um, fight or flight impulses, discharge some of that energy. Um, Yeah. So those are the things that, you know, the things that we need to do to sort of like, become present to the things we think of normally think of as negative in our environment right or the little deaths that are happening all around us Um, and then we can sort of like have a more full whole experience right Mm. That, that life and death are both happening all the time and it's okay
1: yeah Somehow, if we can start to kind of work towards moving in this direction of safe safe w- while anxiety is happening, could really start to make a pretty fundamental change in how we're engaging in, in the world and, and ourselves, you yeah. know yeah there's anxiety and we there's safety too not just one or, or the other
0: uh huh yeah cause your body when it gets activated by anything in your environment is just one of the things that it's doing is working to keep you safe mm-hmm. you know by protecting you if it needs to you know But again, I go back to like social situations. Sometimes those are threatening to us. And, you know, we have these activations that happen in our nervous system. And then, um, but also like that help us like navigate those social interactions, you know, because actually we can feel safe in a group. (laughs) You could feel safe in a relationship too. It's important. Right. So. What else about this? Well, I mean...
1: Usually in our talks we try to figure out some practical ways to maybe... Start working towards these things that we're discussing.
0: So maybe we could do that. Let's do that. Okay. Yeah, I think just... Uh, practicing presence coming back to the present I guess I like to say that because I think a lot of people live their lives sort of like out of the present because of anxiety and like avoidance of these bad things what they consider bad things that that they have to like stay away from and so like being in the present is not good it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's a good idea um, and so like coming back to the present is one of those things that's a practical implementation of what we're talking about and I think just you know for me I've been practicing like noticing all the times when my nervous system gets activated because like as soon as I wake up in the morning <laughs> there's all the things you know mm-hmm. that like i have to respond to or you know or the impending social situation that i have to walk into when i go to work you know um so you know for me social social interactions are a thing like i have to I have to work at them mm-hmm. <laughs> and so just realizing that this is just these are just like this is just my nervous system getting activated to like do something mm-hmm. meet yeah. a challenge right mm-hmm get my work done, get all the things done around the house, like deal with uh, my kids, you know, Um, and then meet the social challenges at work and, you know, like that's okay and I have to like uh, figure out how I can navigate those situations or relationships that in a way that is successful you know connect with people and you know get things done and um, try to help people you know stuff like that
1: right okay
0: but it's just activation and then when I meet when I meet those challenges or you know say what needs to be said or do what needs to be done then my system kind of deactivates until the next challenge comes up and so just paying attention to like Oh, here's the thing and I feel a little agitated or I feel a little like um, keyed up or something you know so like what what has activated my nervous system and what do I need to do but then your container grows yeah yeah which then changes
1: your relationship with that whole experience of being activated it's not so threatening anymore
0: Yeah, but I definitely have to pay attention to, like, because my default is to, like, deactivate myself (laughs) without, you know, like, interacting or engaging in something. It's just to, like, withdraw, Mm -hmm. right? Stay, like, avoid the stressful situation, you know? Right. So. I think one other thing that we can do is
1: become really curious about maybe what the... how we were kind of trained Mm -hmm. um, or programmed around anxiety. And so typically what that looks like is maybe taking, becoming reflective a little bit about um, what it was like growing up in your family. And um, thinking about how anxiety was met and worked through in in your family that will give you some pretty good clear pointers as to what your concepts around anxiety are or, you know help you get a clear picture about what your relationship with anxiety is so that maybe you can start to kind of consciously think about how what kind of relationship you want to have with anxiety. I know that to some people that may sound like a really strange thing to consider, but um I often talk t- to people about what kind of relationship they have with their anxiety and what kind of relationship they want to have. And I don't think it's, necessarily something that we're taught that we can even ask ourselves but I think it's definitely something that we can can do and we, you know, we can think about that and we can shape what kind of relationship we want to have with, with anxiety so
0: yeah I think like for example if you grew up in a family where um, people like maybe had big emotions or you know like freaked out at certain things and um you might have learned like that that's uncomfortable when when that happens when people get dysregulated or whatever and so your programming about it might be don't do that yeah you know or maybe you learned to do that yeah and that's it could be either way right <laughs> yeah or or you know you were taught by your family it was modeled for you like don't have reactions to things you know just stay even keel and to get activated or even just have an emotional response to something is bad Mm -hmm. or not allowed that was was like the unwritten rule and so just as simple as as simple as that right i mean yeah
1: just thinking about those things you know what i mean and considering whether you you know how, how that shaped you what what kind of implications that's had in in your life and thinking about okay I'm I have an opportunity for myself to decide what I want my relationship with anxiety to be
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: or my nervous system not just anxiety but my nervous system right Mm
0: -hmm. yeah because everybody's got a nervous system so you might as well like make friends with it right i mean it's It's not going anywhere like i said you know if we didn't
1: have nervous systems we wouldn't have any problems (laughs) so we have to you know we have to figure out there's no way to just get a nervous system transplant yeah you know
0: and even if you did you'd have a different nervous system which would
1: do the same thing still respond to the systems. environment right. in some
0: way so it's pointless it's
1: it's not something that you know probably better to start working on deciding what kind of relationship you're gonna have with it instead of getting really good at finding all of these ways to
0: avoid it yeah make it stop doing what it's doing mm-hmm yeah, that's true. Also, if you didn't have a ner- nervous system, you wouldn't respond to anything in your environment. So, like, you'd be a nothing person. Yeah. Or something. You know? You probably wouldn't live long. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like a... You'd, you'd cease to exist, or you just wouldn't... You wouldn't have... You wouldn't be an animate being. hmm So... That wouldn't be much fun. Do you know? I agree. Because your nervous system also, like... Does all these good does things Does the whole pleasure thing. Exactly. Like, yeah. Get too excited about things. Which is really the same thing as activation.
1: Sure. It's just, just a different, a different
0: like... The way that you think about it.
1: Right. Just in a different form. So. Yeah, that's good. Anything else you want to say? I think my... Nervous system circle has been complete. And all of my, you've been activated and all, now you're deactivated. All of my activation is complete,
0: and the circle's complete. It's you good. got all your got all your stuff out that your nervous system wanted you to say and do, and mm-hmm. now it's now it's like time to rest. That's right. That's a good thing. Hey, we got like three practical things that people can do. That's pretty good for us. Those are good. <laughs> Those are good ones,
1: I think too. Yeah.
0: Good for us for not like. Floating away into the ether, in the abstract. Yeah, we needed to
1: get back to business after our last conversation
0: about <laughs> death. So. Yeah, get back to come back to earth a little bit. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Talk to you next time.